Summit Medical Group is the largest physician-owned multi-specialty medical group in New Jersey. Now helping you live well and stay well with SMG Radio. Here's your host, Melanie Cole. Patients that have previously had gastric bypass surgery, they might seek revision weight loss surgery for a, a few reasons. Maybe their surgery didn't help them lose the weight that they wanted or it just wasn't enough to help them get past that really tough problem. My guest is Dr. Robert Bell. He's a bariatric surgeon with Summit Medical Group. Welcome to the show, Dr. Bell. Tell us about revision surgery. Why might some people that have had gastric bypass, bariatric surgery, needed to lose maybe 80 or 100 pounds, had to go back in? Because my sister had lap band over bypass. So I know something about this and... and Tell us why people might have to do this. Well, that, that's a, a great question. And, and actually, by far the most common revisionary surgery done today is actually lap band removal and conversion to something else. Um, so your sister had the exact opposite thing happen, but, uh, but that would be the, the one, in, one in 100 bariatric surgical procedures as opposed to the other 99 out of 100 bariatric surgical procedures are actually the most common revisionary bariatric surgery is going to be lap band removal for one reason or another. But in general terms, the most uh, common reason to perform a revisional weight loss surgical procedure is failed weight loss. The second most common uh, reason to perform a uh, bariatric surgical revision would be a complication from the original procedure. When it comes to lap bands, lap bands can slip, lap bands can erode, uh, lap bands can have port side infections. Those are very common reasons to remove the band. Uh, another thing that uh, is fortunately not as common is esophageal dilatation that can occur after the uh, introduction of a lap band. That would be another reason to have it removed that is a complication. But even though I said all those scary things, the most common reason for lap band removal is failed weight loss. But the other weight loss surgical procedures uh, as you know sort of from personal experience, also uh, may need to be revised down the line, whether it's gastric bypass or sleeve gastrectomy. Again, the most common reason for revising a gastric bypass or a sleeve gastrectomy would be for failed weight loss. Now, the next, uh, oh, sorry, the next most common reason would be for uh, a complication of, of either of those operations. So after the surgery, and let's start with gastric bypass. It's a big surgery, making the pouch. Now, there's a certain compliance that goes along with after surgery. And if that compliance, you know, the pouch, it can grow bigger again or something, as I understand it, correct? So, I mean, if the compliance isn't there, so speak about why somebody might need additional surgery after that one, and then we'll talk about the lap band. So, so it's a great way that you put the question, and that is, you know, just because one is full doesn't mean that one is not going to eat. You would, you would think that that's just uh, common sense, but instead, some people, and again, it can be cultural and it can just be, you know, years of, uh, of, of bad habits still can creep back in. And just because you have a small stomach doesn't mean that you're not going to, you know, out-eat. And really the, the reason why... Bariatric surgical patients, whether it's sleeve gastrectomy, gastric bypass, and we'll get to lap band later, the reason why they can eat more, it really has to do with more like a grazing behavior where they're eating little bits of calories all day long. And it's 
it's certainly possible that the pouch stretches a little bit, but what is far more probable is that the person, through their bad behaviors or maladaptive behaviors, sort of trains the food to go from a very small pouch to the small intestine faster. And we all have about 20 feet of small intestine, and so if you train yourself, I'm going to use that word, to uh, eat a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, you'll actually force the food from the very small pouch into the small intestine, and, and that re- really will enable you to eat, I don't want to say an unlimited portion, but it'll enable you to eat a big portion, and it's not so much that the, the pouch has, has grown, per se, it really has to do with the food emptying out of the pouch faster. So if somebody does that, and so the adherence to all of those behavioral lifestyles has really not changed because they're sort of back to eating, maybe they can't eat as much at once, but they're eating more throughout the day, little, 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 and filling up their small intestine. So then they're not losing the weight and possibly even having some malabsorption issues, correct? Well, they're not going to lose the weight if they're if they're eating frequently throughout the day. And, uh, again, that's a habit that needs to be addressed. And so it's very important that we talk in these terms to patients. In general, primary, meaning first-time weight loss surgery, has a success rate of 80%, about 4 out of 5. That's pretty good. If you take the 20% and then submit them to revisional surgery, really the success is about 50%. So it drops pretty significantly. And the reason why it drops, is because even though patients will tell everybody, they will tell me and they'll tell the uh, psychologist that, okay, now they're going to change their behavior, really only about one in two will actually make those changes. And the other one in two will continue along with those maladaptive behaviors that will put the weight on. There really is no operation for grazing behaviors, you know, eating throughout the day, and there is no operation for people who are not going to get off the couch. Um, so, so really those behaviors need to be addressed, and we're very serious about that when we talk to patients before revisionary surgery, talking say, listen, you've already been through this once, you know what behaviors are good behaviors, and hopefully you've learned which behaviors are bad behaviors, and so it's really important that you not just uh, have surgery, you're going to get 20, 30, 50 pounds off right away, then what are you going to do? What's next? Are you going to eat right and exercise? You're going to fall back into bad habits, and so you want to really make sure these patients are educated before undergoing any type of revisionary procedures. Well, so speak about lap band a little bit, Dr. Bell, because lap band is done, what, laparoscopically. It's a bit of an easier surgery, as you said previously. You can get back even into activity after a day or two, at least to start walking. So speak about lap band and why might somebody, why might that not, you know, kind of hold and work for somebody? Yeah, so all, you make no mistake, the, very, the first laparoscopic gastric bypass done in 1994 was done well before the first laparoscopic gastric band. It's just, from, it's just a marketing term, you know, lap band, oh, that's done laparoscopically. All bariatric surgery procedures are done laparoscopically, or all can be done laparoscopically. And again, about 95% of all bariatric surgical procedures are done laparoscopically. I think, you know, laparoscopic gastric bypass, laparoscopic sleeve gastrectomy. So uh, a lap band is basically placing a silastic ring around the top part of the stomach, and that ring is connected to a tube, which is connected to a reservoir that sits underneath one's skin. And that reservoir needs to be accessed by way of a very, very large needle, 
And what you can do is you can uh, adjust the outlet from the stomach into generally the normal stomach uh, by putting fluid in or out of that reservoir. So it's an operation that uh, has been shown, again, statistically speaking. Of course, there are individuals all over the place, but statistically speaking, it has the worst weight loss of any weight loss surgery operation. And uh, there certainly is a growing sentiment that any lap band that gets put in is ultimately going to need to come out at some point. The ring is made of, again, the band is made of plastic, and everybody that has a knee replacement would know that, well, that titanium knee is not going to last forever. So how long is an indwelling plastic band going to last in the patient? The answer is not forever. Okay, so these are reasons that that you might need revision surgery after lap band. Wrap it up for us, Dr. Bell. Your best advice for initial gastric bypass and or lap band or sleeve surgery, anything that you might need, the best advice for real, true weight loss. So the, the best advice is to really identify these maladaptive behaviors, you know, the behaviors that have promoted weight weight gain over the years and try to at least identify those behaviors and try to avoid those or do the opposite. In other words, if somebody is not really one for exercise, do something. Go for a walk. Get a comfortable pair of shoes. Go for a uh, walk around the pool if you if you have the, the, the means. And then also try to identify these type of uh, bad eating behaviors that we've sort of developed as a society. You know, eating when you're not hungry, uh, terrible habit, you know, eating in front of the television, terrible habit, you know, continuing to eat even though you're full, cleaning one's plate. I always say this is something mom taught us wrong, is to clean your plate is a terrible habit. So try to identify these habits and don't do them even before surgery. And again, do your research about what the surgical procedures involve and what's going to be necessary postoperatively. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Robert Bell, bariatric surgeon at Summit Medical Group. You're listening to Summit Medical Group Radio, and for more information, you can go to summitmedicalgroup.com. That's summitmedicalgroup.com. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening.